Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. My guest today is my colleague at TechBlocks, Peter Gorrell, who introduced me to our, sorry, our co-host today is my colleague, uh, Peter Gorrell, and Peter introduced me to our guest today. So, Peter, tell us a little bit about yourself and TechBlocks before we introduce the amazing Kate Moore. Thank you. Thanks very much, Tom, for that introduction. I, I, I don't mind being your guest as well as your co-host, actually. <laughs> uh, yes, my name's uh, Peter Gorrell. I'm uh, Vice President of Business Development and Client Relations for TechBlocks. And uh, TechBlocks, through a convergence of consulting, creativity, and technology, we serve small, medium, and enterprise companies in optimizing their business in the digital world. It's always been our goal that our clients glean value from an improved market position and profitability. And we do that actually by a, uh, helping them in their digital transformation efforts. We partner with them. We develop their strategy. We design and implement their solution. And uh, we maintain an agnostic approach to technology. So, you know, the companies we speak of are heavily invested already in technology, so our efforts are, are really more designed around helping them make the best use of what they've got. Thanks for having me on the show, uh, Tom. I look forward to uh, speaking to Kate. And as you mentioned, uh, our guest today is Kate Moore, a very interesting person. Kate is an author senior sales professional and entrepreneur with over 18 years of experience in pharmaceutical sales, marketing, and small business. She's also the chief marketing officer at a Canadian medical marijuana company. She's the VP of sales and marketing and helps to develop and lead sales and marketing initiatives for the national medical marijuana business and contributes to several online publications and blogs where she shares her expertise in sales marketing and leadership. She's also the author of the popular ebook, I'm Not Beautiful Like You, I'm Beautiful Like Me, a free downloadable guide on authenticity, aging gracefully, insider secrets from the health and beauty industry. And now that we have that standard intro out of the way, let's talk about the important stuff. Kate's life philosophy is about living authentically because loving your inner train wreck is how the magic happens. Welcome to the show today, Kate. Oh, thank you so much, Tom and Peter. Uh, wonderful to be here, finally. And uh, I love this authenticity and uh, loving your inner train wreck, as you heard in my intro. I help people to think, speak, and act positively through the challenges of life. And uh, uh, that's so important because anyone can be positive through the good parts of life, but everyone is going to have challenges. If you haven't already, be prepared. They're coming. And so loving your inner train wreck or challenges uh, and being authentic through the whole, whole process is so important, isn't it? I think so. I, I believe uh, to my core exactly what you do. Um, they will happen. It, it's, it's not a bad thing, the challenges and the, uh, the sort of ups and downs of life. I think that's how we get sharper and better and and how we grow those muscles. I love that you call yourself a resiliency expert uh, because uh, it just makes, in my opinion, life richer and fuller. Uh, not easier necessarily, but richer and fuller for sure. Definitely. Well, Peter, I'll let you start off with some questions there because Kate okay. uh, has been your Twitter friend for a while. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah that's exactly right. In fact, uh, I, I met uh, Kate uh, actually through Twitter and through a friend we have in common, Sean Moffat, some two or more years ago, and uh, we've been connected since, and uh, also now connected uh, in looking and reading your blog, Kate. And my first question, actually, is around the blog writing uh, business that, that you're involved in, because as I see it, I mean, I personally, as a, I'm a creative person myself, and I, I liken blog writing to um, uh, cartoon strip type 
of authenticity. I want the best ones, the best cartoon strips I know are like Lynn Johnston's Better for Worse and and you know Scott Adams Dilbert and Ben Wicks, actually my old time favorite of the Outcasts, uh, God Rest His Soul. And uh, I mean these people develop these strips about life, about everything that that uh, you know that was really really meaningful to us. And I'm looking at your blogs on a regular basis, and I see a very introspective. Uh, event taking place. Tell us more about how that evolved and how you how you came to realize your that skill set of reaching inside and talking authentically and honestly about uh, about things that that make you tick, that make people tick. Yeah, I guess it, it did evolve over time. I, I didn't originally consider myself a writer. I don't. I think not too many of us who blog sit down and think. I'm a writer, therefore I should write. I think that it evolves over time. We find our voice. And really at the end of the day, um, as I, you know, in the past I've had uh, other businesses. I have children and a husband and friendships and hardships. And, you know, I watch my friends go through things. I go through things in my life. And it, I've always been the type of person who has felt like, there is no point in watering it down or shining it up so that it's easier for other people to take. It is the difference between uh, telling the truth about a situation and saying, you know, this was very difficult, or yes, we're struggling, or it hurts a whole lot, and I'll get through it. It, You know, I, I've, I've, I've often looked at my writing, and before I publish a blog post, I, I edit, and it, it it never lands as well when I edit it down so that, you know, other people can take it in or that it's more palatable for other people. The, the blog posts mm-hmm. that seem to garner a lot of attention, and, 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 and by attention I mean they just resonate with people, and I get lots and lots of messages of people saying, you know, you're right, um, it wasn't okay that you – you lost all that money in that business and I'm glad you were honest about calling it like it is. And sometimes love really, really hurts and marriage is, is very hard work and being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. And, 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 you know, I, I get a sense that people deeply appreciate what I'm talking about, but only when I, I don't edit it heavily, only when I'm not watering it down or shining it up. And it's not an attempt to be, negative about the situation quite quite the opposite it's a desire to have the courage to call things just as they are um and and have the courage to 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 be vulnerable and say i I messed up i've made some mistakes here are the mistakes i've made here's what i've learned moving forward here's what i think uh is better about myself and here's what i'll change and and as you know the pioneer of a lot of this information was you know it was popularized anyway by Brené Brown and there's a lot of science behind how we all uh deeply want to matter how we want to be understood how we um desire to know that we're not the only one and and there's a great deal of freedom for me and and everybody that I know and talk to in and so I assume most people in um being honest and being able to tell the truth of a situation uh, and not water it down, not shine it up, not hide ourselves, not hide who we are. And, and the, the gift in that is, is the freedom to say, you know, this is who I am and I'm, I'm broken and completely beautiful. And that's what I mean when I say loving your inner train wreck. None of us are perfect. And the, those of us who pretend we are, do a, a great disservice to everybody because it just isn't the case. So, so yeah. when you're, I think when we're honest, we really do give permission to other, to other people to um, walk through the ups and downs and build that resiliency muscle that Tom is so, so keen on uh, building for people. And I think that's really important because failure is, is, um, is going to happen and ups and downs are going to happen. And if we can navigate all of that, the ebb and flow of life with each other in community and uh, where we have close, safe relationships to say, 
I screwed this one up big time and, and how do I recover? And that's what I mean by the authenticity piece. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, your words continue to resonate with me and I'm sure our audience as well. I noticed that um, um, you actually write, uh, you actually write for carolross.com? Yeah, well, I, well, she's published several pieces of mine. Uh, there's a okay. couple leadership uh, entrepreneur sites that I write for that publish uh, me uh, regularly. And funny enough, Carol published uh, an article of mine today on, on uh, the importance of uh, failing if you want to succeed. Right. Um, because you mentioned in the bio, or, or actually don't know if we did, but I, I used to have a medical spa. I opened it in downtown Toronto. Right. And it, it taught me a lot, that business. I, I made some uh, some big mistakes. Uh, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, and I felt like I really tried to equip myself as best as possible and, and was actually mentored through it by uh, a good friend, a mutual friend of ours who, who has a consulting mentoring company, Tim Crouse. Mm-hmm. Mentored yeah, through yeah, that absolutely. entire process. Yeah, he was on the show last week. Yes, he um, was. He, he was invaluable to me, uh, really equipped me in many ways, taught me lots and lots of things about uh, myself and business and what success is about. And at the end of the day, while we built a, a, a wonderful spa with a, an iconoclastic sort of business model um, with a holistic approach, at the end of the day, it wasn't good for my family and it, it wasn't good for me, and so we decided to close the doors about a year and a half ago. But in doing so, lost a lot of money, and it was a really tough period. There's always a period after a failure of raking yourself over the coals. I'm a big fan of looking at things very honestly and stripping them all down and you know, um, looking at it and saying, what did I do well, what didn't I do well, what red flags did I ignore? Um, mm-hmm. How do how do I not repeat these these uh, mistakes? So from that perspective, it was a brilliant learning experience, and um, I've got to call a spade a spade. I lost an awful lot of money because yeah. I ignored a couple of red flags. So right. deeply grateful for the experience. I think it prepped me for my role, my corporate role now. Um, yeah. But but that's what I'm talking about 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 you know entrepreneurship and leadership and one of the most important things I think is the ability to fail well and brush yourself off and get back up and and move forward with a new set of skills and stronger muscles you know yeah life's got it life life itself is a life itself is a long-term education if you look at it correctly um Right. Let me jump in here, Peter. Oh, okay. I I, obviously, here, something, I a, something hit you, right? <laughs> <laughs> something hit me. So, Peter, yeah. I, love the, I love the part of being authentic and, and really sharing the challenges of life. But it's, a, it's a kind of walking a tightrope because you don't want to share your challenges and your difficulties and, and those type of things with everybody. Uh, but at the same time, you can't just go around uh, with a mask on. That is amazing all the time. Uh, same kind of tightrope I walk, as I'm well known for always answering amazing when asked how I'm doing. But when you're in pain all the time, every day, 24-7, most of the time you're not amazing. So it's more like a sales job on myself. But talk about that tightrope balance of... Uh, who to share your challenges with, who to be authentic with, because if you're authentic with your challenges with everybody, pretty soon you're not going to have as many friends. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, I, I, it's an interesting question that you ask because I do have a blog that I publish that is uh, online and that anybody can access. So when you, when you refer to everybody, well, that's pretty much everybody who has access to uh, what I write about. And when I write, I am uh, naked, bare-bones honest. I truly, truly am. And I will say that in my day-to-day life, I reserve my uh, deepest, darkest kind of fears and, and pain and open-heart kind of discussions for the people that have earned that safe, secure, trusting place in my life. And it is a small group of people a very small group of people that get the um, maybe the 
but beneath the blog, yes, I'm honest in the blog, and yes, I share a lot of detail, but they get the uh, the day-to-day, I'm not okay today, or this, you know, I'm raking myself over the coals much longer than I should. They get that side, and and I don't necessarily write about that all of the time. I don't write about uh, other people's pain and experience. And I do, if, if I'm referencing an experience in our marriage as an example, I am respectful enough to ask my husband whether or not it's okay if I, I share that with people. I, I guess it would be, you know, you could look at it like concentric circles. So there's, and I think Tim Krause taught me this, you know, there's the, the, the circle closest to you, and that's my husband and a few of my very closest friends who see all of me without any edits uh, or apology on what I'm going through, um, and, and, and not the negative necessarily, but the real honest stuff. And then there's the next circle, circle two, um, and I think that that's what the blog, you know, the blog people readership, kind of the readers of the blog get, mm-hmm. that world. And yes, it's raw and honest and truthful and as authentic as I know how to be. I'm quite vulnerable in my blog. And it's just a little bit less than the people that are very, very close to me, the people I feel safest with. And so that's how I manage that. I certainly wouldn't bring, if I'm struggling in life, I wouldn't bring that to the office. But when my colleague says to me, you look tired, are you okay? I will quite honestly answer, I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'm completely okay and um, really struggling with some stuff at home right now, and thank you for yeah. asking. If I can, yeah. And then the response is always, if I can do anything to help, let me know. And, and, <laughs> and I'm there to do a job, and I recognize that, and I, I like to switch out of the, the struggle at home maybe or the struggle with a child to into my corporate role because I do get, it does feed me. It is very life-giving and, and energy-giving. So I'm honest, mm-hmm. yes, but I'm not, uh, it's not a place where I feel I, I'm comfortable, you know, collapsing emotionally, as an example. Yeah. Right. Right. And this is one of, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest things I learned in life because for the first 25 years, I, I was independent, I, didn't want anybody helping me. I never shared my challenges. But when you open up and you do are authentic with people with your challenges, people love to help people. And boy, my life got easier when I started being authentic with people and sharing the challenges and the problems I was having, especially after surgeries, all the many surgeries I had. People would just go out of their way to help me. And it was such a nice feeling to know that mm-hmm. wow, so many people care and are willing to go out of their way just because I opened up and was honest with them instead of just pretending that uh, uh, I'm amazing just because I say I'm amazing. So <laughs> there's something to be learned. There's something to be learned there is that you know when you do open up, people are extremely kind and helpful and it really will help you and it helps other people too because people do love yeah. to help and. If you don't, if you don't allow them, to actually depriving them of an opportunity. So can you say something? Can I? Sorry, sorry. Tom. I, you, Tom has now said something that has sparked a thought in me. Yeah. Um, when you say you're amazing, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, that you're not also struggling and broken. So when people ask me, you know, I've gone through some pretty tough times, you know, with our children or when I closed the business, and the truth of the situation was is that I was amazing. I was, I love my life. I was, I was doing okay. I was grateful for the, the love of my children and the support of my husband and the warm house and the warm bed and the food on my table. And I was also broken. So I think you can be completely shattered inside and rebuild and also amazing. I don't think that they, they have to be, uh, it has to be one or the other. I think it's a both and. I'm struggling right now, and I see every day the long list of things I have to be grateful for. When I close my business, I rake myself over the coals for the money I lost, but wow, I was grateful for my husband and my children and and my healthy body and the food on the table. So I think it can be both, you know? Wow. Well, you are amazing, Kate, just even to, to pop it up like that because, you know, it takes courage 
and a certain amount of confidence. And I mean, have you always been this confident about, you know, presenting yourself? Because you do, you know, you're really, I sense you're really comfortable with promoting yourself. And, you know, and it's a weakness in a lot of people that I, that I talk to every day. I think, you know, why don't you, you're fantastic at doing this. Why don't you tell a few more people about how great you are at that, you know, because I have a feeling that it's going to resonate with somebody else and, and your your business is going to, you know, going to build and grow. What are, your, what are your thoughts around that subject? Yeah, that's it's an interesting one. I wrote an article a little while back on the art of self-promotion because I, I struggle with that, right? I think that there's a very fine line between saying, okay, here's what I'm excellent at um, with a, a, a deep, uh, honest humility piece that says I'm hardwired to do this well, um, which is very different than saying, look at me, I'm so amazing, I'm flawless, and, and it you know travels into arrogance. And I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. But what I also think is unhealthy is to apologize for what we're really good at. And a, a good friend of mine, Lynn Knowlton, and again, Tim Krause, have taught me uh, a lot about uh, saying I'm really good at this, but with mm-hmm. humility. And and the and the truth is is that I work really hard to get better at those skills. And in some way, I'm the first person to uh, insult myself. Like I think we can all be self-deprecating. <laughs> but but when I hear when I hear someone say something negative about me, I'm the first one to stand up and go, whoa, 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 hang on, I worked really hard <laughs> for that. Well, whatever do you mean? So it it is a fine line. And yeah. and I'm learning over the last five years to be. And I think the authenticity piece, like the, the courage to tell the truth about things, it's a it's a daily a daily choice in and out uh, around, you know, honoring who we are and who I am is that there are some things I'm really really good at, and right. I don't uh, I don't I'm not I don't want to be prideful about those things, and it's right. okay to have to be proud of some of those things, right? Like it's always a tight tight rope walk, and it's it's a both end. And there are things that I'm not good at, and I shouldn't feel shame or badly about that if I want to change some of those things. Like when I started my business, I was not great at looking at the financials, and, and that's part of the reason I, I, I asked him to, to mentor and consult me through that. I, that muscle was not very well developed, and, but I felt badly about that. I, I said to him, I should know this stuff. And he said, why should you know this stuff? That's not your background. That's not your um a skill set you've learned why would you feel yeah. badly about something you don't know um outsource that let me help you with that so <laughs> it is a fine line a fine line between um saying here's what i'm really good at because i'm hardwired this way uh and i feel good about it and and there's humility in that and and therefore why should i apologize for being good at that and mm. not letting it sort of, you know, approach um, false, fake, uh, I'm great at everything, I'm, I'm unstoppable, I'm flawless. No, I stumble and I struggle and I have bad days and I know what I know. I know what I'm good at and so I'm just going to stick with that and play to that. Does that make sense? Cool. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I, actually, you know, uh, frankly... I know that this is a two-way. A two-way. We're going to ask questions. You're you're going to give us answers. But quite frankly, I'm feeling right now that I could sit here and just let you say, "Okay, Kate, why don't you just speak for the next forty-five <laughs> yeah. minutes?" Right? That's that's actually how I feel about you right now. And and so I mean, you've really really done that well. And and I, I know that takes time to develop that. I'm looking back at your. I'm looking back at uh, in your uh, career. And, you know, you spent almost 10 years with uh, Boringer Ingelheim, the pharmaceutical company, as a sales rep. I mean, I mean that's the furth- you're, the furthest th- you're the furthest thing away from that right now when I think about it. Did, did you have an epiphany that said, oh, you know, I've got to get out of this ra- uh, rat race and I gotta, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur? Did, did, that just, did you just sort of wake up and figure, figure that out or what happened to you? Well- <laughs> Yeah, well, I, yeah, I was there for a very long time. I enjoyed my time there very much. And what I found over the years, and I think a lot of uh, people, entrepreneurial type people find, is a, 
just that voice that you can't quiet, you know, and I, and mm-hmm. it, I didn't come up often for me. It was at first, it was a, a couple times a year, you know, that you're, you are, you want to do more than this, Kate, you, you can bring more value to the table. You're working under your, you know, you're living um, comfortably, not creatively, not courageously. You're, you're staying comfortable and that's so not you. And I would quiet it. I would do something and quiet it. You know, I'd get certified as a, a childbirth doula or I'd get my real estate license. I'd just do something to keep my mind busy because I, I was pretty bored because I was working, I think, below my potential and my capacity. And I don't mean I wasn't challenged at work. I enjoyed my job. I was very good at it. But I, I felt the, there was more, for sure. And then that voice gets louder, and it comes more often, and then it gets louder. And and I just remember uh, being on the treadmill one day running and, and having it hit me between the eyes. And I came home, and I said to my husband, you know, I it's just getting louder and louder. And he said, you've always talked about this, Kate, you know, starting your own business. You, you want to have more impact than you're having as a, a sales rep at a pharmaceutical company, you want to do more. And and then we started a process of, of building this business, this uh, this medical spa in, in Toronto. Right. And I think that happens with a lot of entrepreneurs. We we have these sort of promptings and these, you should be doing more, and why don't you try this? And it's it's almost like you're you're dreaming, you know, your your subconscious is dreaming and, and, right. and you're being nudged towards it. And I think I think it's it's a tough call to make because there's always risk involved and and when I say being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart that's what I mean it yeah. it it comes with relational costs financial costs physical costs emotional costs and you really have to look at the whole picture my husband and I had to sit down and look at all of that and say well what if the worst happens it turns out that that it, it cost us an awful lot um, mm-hmm. on many levels and and I don't know that I would change it. I don't think if I could go back, I would change it because it helped me develop a skill set. I I couldn't even articulate the differences between now, um, between then and now. And mm-hmm. and I'm now in an, a, an executive role at a medical marijuana company that I mm-hmm. absolutely love. It is the most exciting and uh, time in this industry. It's the most fun I've ever had in a job and i think uh my business and building building my business um and then closing it and all that i learned and i'm still learning about that i'm still unpacking it two years later <laughs> equipped me very much for my my executive position now so yeah. i do i have regrets no and <laughs> and am i glad i listened to that prompting yes because you know it's like it's like having blue eyes. You have blue eyes, and you're not going to change that. That that is how how you were hardwired. And I have that kind of um, go go go. I, I love to try new things and and push myself. I love the challenge of it all. And I tried to change that about myself. And I, I can't change that as much as I. I can't change the color of my eyes. And and yeah. finally accepted the. You know, I'm at a place where. I, I think, why would I want to? You know, that's just who you yeah, are, Kate. Yeah. Um, go with it, you know. As long yeah. as I'm not putting other people at risk and doing stupid things and, and, and I'm not and I haven't. And, and so I think that's what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know. And then right. finally it tips and you, and you go down the other side and, you're, and then you're in it. You're like, okay, I'm going to make this dream or <laughs> prompting a reality and I'm yeah. going to give it all I've got, and we'll just see how it goes, you know? Yeah. Well, your current role, you're vice president of sales and marketing for this medical marijuana uh, operation. And, and I'm thinking, why would the, my first question, I mean, we uh, here at TechBlocks, we actually help marketing uh, people, or we help companies uh, with their marketing because we automate it and uh, we help them design their go-to-market strategy and things like that. And I'm thinking... Why would that? Why would a company like that even need a marketing uh, person? Because uh, you would think that the the buyers would be uh, numerous and out there, but uh, there's obviously more to it than uh, meets the eye. Perhaps you'd uh, give us some insight. There is a lot more to it, um, as you know. In Canada, it is a a very brave sort of emerging market. There, it's a huge. There's a huge opportunity for us. Um, there's a lot about it we don't know. 
what we do know is that we're not going backwards. It's not going to be um, criminalized, you know, again, but we are a long way off legalization. So there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. decriminalizing it and legalizing it. Uh, right now, you can get medical marijuana through a physician, uh, and then you have to be approved and go to a specific licensed producer. Health Canada has agreed that that's how they'll make medical marijuana available. But at the end of the day, Health Canada has gone really begrudgingly. They have not wanted to do this. It was a, a, an FD, a court decision, a federal, a federal decision that said it's unethical to uh, keep medical marijuana for a certain subset of patients. So they've agreed on a bit of an in-between. So okay. we're all learning right now. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know... We don't, none of us really know how it's going to go. It's, this is, you know, revolutionary as an industry. It's in its infancy. There are other, st- there are some states in, in that have a lot of experience and know what they're doing. BC as a province is, is way ahead of the rest of the country in terms of policy and experience and understanding what this means. But the rest of us in the country are just trying to keep up. Um, the licensed producers are all looking at it with their own sort of approach and and our approach is a a physician guided heavily uh, reliant on a pharmaceutical model the the CEO of our company is a physician himself and so um, we're all learning right now Uh, the Health Canada is very strict on what you can and cannot advertise and claim in terms of medical marijuana being a preventative or a cure for a certain set of diseases and disorders and and so the the excitement and challenge for for me in this role is around being uh having to be very very innovative in in how we move forward and approach um the end user and our client and and that would include the medical marijuana user and the physician who has to write the prescription and respecting right. the fact that we're doctors are not uh there yet this is not a um an allopathic sort of uh, 50-year-old therapy for cardiovascular issue. This is new mm-hmm. for everybody, and there's a whole lot of stigma attached. And right. part of my challenge is to press forward and be innovative in terms of our marketing, but respect very much that a physician just isn't, you know, necessarily ready and that they might have a lot of preconceived ideas on what marijuana is and and, and, and lots of beliefs that it's, it's a, right. a schedule one substance for a reason. It's in the same category in the United States as a, a methamphetamine and a, and a heroin. And that scares a lot of people, and, yeah. and it shouldn't be that way. The, the harm factor has been grossly over-communicated, um, and the benefit of marijuana has been uh, underestimated, if not hidden, and we just need to sort of equalize that a little bit and give and, and make sure people have the the factual uh, truth of it, and it, and it really isn't isn't to be categorized as a Schedule One substance like it is in the United States. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's right. it's a fun I know time. You, for I, me. Yeah, I know Tom wants in on this subject. <laughs> I want on this one. Yeah. So I've had rheumatoid arthritis since I'm five, uh, 46 years now from my jaw to my toes, four hips, four knees, and two shoulders replaced. I'm in pain 24-7 since the age of five. In three to six places every day, I have enough pain that most people would be moaning and groaning and complaining and not going to work. Uh, I've taken lots of lots of uh, prescriptions, lots of pain uh, medications, uh, but my stomach uh, got so raw from them that I stopped taking them all about 20 years ago. I would feel sick to my stomach, I'd feel nauseous, my head would be messed up, and uh, so when this came in, I was so happy. I asked my family doctor to sign the prescription, and She'd been my family doctor for over 20 years, and she said, wow. She said, I always wondered why you never asked for a pain prescription or any pain medication. And she said, she started asking me questions. Does it work? How does it work? How do you feel? So it was obvious that this was an interesting topic for her, something she wasn't aware of. Uh, But it doesn't affect my stomach. I don't feel like growing up. 
uh, it doesn't affect my brain as hard as uh, taking uh, Tylenol-3 or any of the other strong narcotics out there. And uh, so it was a real blessing that the Canadian government mm, did that because uh, for me, uh, it, it reduces the pain level maybe one, some two levels uh, on a scale of one to ten and it also maybe just helps you so that it doesn't annoy you. It doesn't bother you as much to be king and in pain all the time. So I'm excited about it, about the industry. Uh, I buy from a company. Uh, I order one day. It's delivered to my house the next day. And I think, wow, what a country. I can have my marijuana delivered right to my house. This is so cool. Mm. Uh, but, hey, it, it's a pain reliever and yet at the same time I spoke to another friend who has rheumatoid arthritis I said just ask your family doctor for a prescription she said oh, like he's like 60 something he'll never sign it I don't think he'll sign it and, well A I said first you well you got to ask otherwise you don't know but you know uh, there are probably family doctors that wouldn't sign that prescription and so it's a little bit of an education for doctors uh, as well isn't it yeah, we, we we have a long road ahead of us in terms of education, and your story, Tom, is is uh, unique in that it's you know you've obviously suffered you know many complex issues for many many years. But what is very familiar about your story is that the medication that you were on, the pharmaceuticals that you were on, were were doing your body a disservice on a number of levels. And as you know, you you build tolerances, and you need more and more and different and and so we see a lot of people in your situation who then turn to medical marijuana and who, uh, you know, don't have a, a long list of side effects. And we've done a, a disservice, I think, to Canadians to, to not have that as an option. I don't say that it's, an, it's, a, it's ideal or an option for everybody. Uh, like anything in life, there are upsides and downsides, and you have to look at it carefully before you make that decision. But at the end of the day, what would you do with your... Um, the incredible pain you feel if you didn't have access to medical marijuana. So I'm I'm delighted to hear that you, you, you this this is exactly the the kind of the reason that it needs to doctors need to be educated um, because there are a certain subset of patients that this is uh, life altering for them. It is the only option for them, and you're clearly one of those people. So, uh, but as you said, it's a long road in terms of educating physicians. We have to. Uh, respect the fact that uh, change is very difficult, especially for a physician personality type, um, but that that there's an ebb and flow to this learning curve over the next few years and and it's uh, we're going forward we're certainly not moving backwards and uh, it, it's looking it's looking pretty exciting and there's a, a lot more i'm I'm excited to say that doctors are a lot more open minded than I originally thought they would be. And uh, we're helping them drop the uh, preconceived ideas around what a medical marijuana user would be. And to be very honest, I had some of the same of my own when, before I was hired. When, when they approached me to sit down and talk to them, I, I flat out said no. And my husband, I told my husband about it, and he said, why, why did you say no? And I said, well, it's marijuana. I'm, I'm not going to, then I'm a real <laughs> drug dealer. And he said, he said, uh, I don't understand. At least sit down and talk to them. And am I ever glad he said that? Because I then, you know, did about a month's worth of my own research and sat down with this company. And it, it is the, the most fun and the most challenging job I've ever had. And I am so grateful to be in on, on the ground level of something this um, this new for Canada and this game changing. So it's it's a blast, I, I have to tell you. So you were approached yeah. by can the just, organization, can I right? Just say that, yeah. Can I just say that your husband sounds like such a cool guy? Like he lets <laughs> you write about your, he lets you write about your, and everybody has them. Like, gosh, I've been married seven years, and after I got married, I realized marriage is not all bliss. And so you have an amazing husband. Lets you write about the challenges of marriage. Who convinces you or persuades you to, <laughs> to work with a medical marijuana company? What an interesting and cool guy he sounds like. Yeah, he's a very uh, strong, tender, sort of uh, gentle, 
intelligent, supportive um, man. Yeah, he's he's one of a kind. That's for sure. Yeah, I was I was you know I I had a question bobbing around in my head something like you know I wonder how how Kate actually found her way to this organization and you just mentioned the fact that they came and reached out to you and I'm, cause I'm thinking you know would they recruit normal or you know would they put an ad in the paper or you know what was <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah it's an interesting you know I had the same question. When they called me, I said, how did you find me? And, and, and yeah. a, a colleague I used to work with um, that had since moved on to another business uh, was golfing with a friend of the COO of this company. And uh-huh. uh, I guess they were asking about, uh, I don't know, he, you know, people who, who would be interested and who knows the the, uh, the physicians and, and who's been successful and and uh, they called me, and, and when we sat down and talked, they said, you know, we, we watched you, you know, we saw you grow your business in Toronto, so there's that entrepreneurial mm-hmm. side, which is a lot like a startup, right? Or, or right. N- not a lot like it, exactly like it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there was that piece, and then there was the 20 years of experience in, in pharmaceuticals, and yeah. we knew that we wanted this, our approach and our model to be absolutely a pharmaceutically-based model, a, a long-term vision that says we'll figure this out with physicians um you know which which also says something about you know our grow up and the consistency and and replicating plants and the high standards and the security measures and the mm-hmm. quality assurance and all of that and i right. i was very clear that if i was going to do this i wanted uh the quality of the the marijuana to be as rigid as rigidly assessed as any pharmaceutical drug, um, mm-hmm. so that people were 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 you know the the safety of the patient was our our number one priority, and they were completely into that. And then mm-hmm. and then I got a, a a contract and I signed it, and that was eight wow. months ago. So they yeah. probably they they probably appreciated your candid approach. You know, in, in fact, you know that sometimes sometimes the best things in life are things you've actually pushed back on and thought about more seriously than, than, than kind of dived into, you know, head first. Would you agree? Yeah, I do. And, and I think there, there are two thoughts I have on that. I think one of them is that, you know, they, my task now is to sell to people just like me when they were selling the role to me, which is some preconceived notions, some inaccurate or uh, inaccurate um, assumptions around medical marijuana and what it is and who right. ultimately uses. And um, I'm fairly scientific and left brain, and I assume that there was very little science behind it. And I was wrong about all of those things. But I think that a lot of the physicians I'm selling to feel the way I felt. And so I need to sell to people just like me. And and yes. the, the marketing strategy and the team I'm putting together is absolutely has that approach. And then the second thought I have is that the marketing plan and strategy and some of our our language around it is there, I'm being very, very transparent about what we know and don't know and what we're going to work together to figure out. We don't mm-hmm. have all the answers. So um, yes. my strategy is a very honest, sort of transparent one. And I think that for the most part, uh, the the response to this has been, to that approach has been excellent um, yeah. because when I sit down with physicians and, you know, leading neurologists and say, you know, what are we doing with this and, and how do we make sure the patients are safe and how do we, um, how do we standardize this for the patient and we've got yeah. a long road ahead. This is unlike anything that's ever been available in the Canadian market. So mm-hmm. let's partner and work together on, on figuring this out together and, and I don't know that that's um, – I don't know how new that is in this business. I think some of the other licensed producers have a similar approach, but yeah. I know that it seems to be met with – With uh, the response seems to be really, really good because the truth mm-hmm. is, is that Health Canada doesn't even know what they're doing with this right <laughs> now. They're, they're going back and forth and, yeah. and changing some, some rules, and, and that's okay because it's new for everybody. Right, yeah. and they're trying to figure their way through this as well. And and as you know, it's a multi-layered, multi-faceted um, issue. And so we're all trying to figure out what works best for the patient. So right, yeah. 
Brilliant. Mm. I'd be remiss not to say that uh, when you do get all your ducks in a row, that uh, I'd love to sit with you because uh, 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 you know you're, you're now uh, you're now in uh, in our bailiwick here at Techbox, and if you haven't mm-hmm. already lined up, uh, uh, you know either some form of uh, consulting, advisory, strategy on uh, on the go to market, I'd, I'd definitely love to sit with you and and try and understand uh, and help you through uh, some of the paces you know that uh, that uh, that are that our regular clients uh, go through because there's so much you know today uh, there's so much today uh, around the predictiveness of business and the prescribing of business and the knowing of what's going on that you know that it's you know it's just the it's just the way the world is right so uh, you have to respond in in kind, and uh, there's a science, obviously, uh, as to how you deal with people. From a, an authentic perspective, you appear to have got that all lined up, and and I'm, I'm I don't want to double back on you, but one of the things that I, I heard Tom mention, and I, I've seen it before, is your personal ebook. On, I'm not beautiful like you. I'm beautiful like me. I I really want to hear some thoughts on that and and how that came about because I think that's a that in itself is a, a very unique piece of who uh, Kate Moore is. Yeah, that 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 is um, you know, was born out of my desire to just say, you know what, we're we're all in this together. We um, we all want to love better and live fully and age gracefully and and be happy i mean don't we all want that and it looks different for everybody what 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 you define as uh loving beautifully or living fully for you is different than how i define it and that's okay um at the end of the day the point is is that you define it and and that we talk about it and that we grow in community together and and learn how to trust each other and um, you know, tell the truth lovingly. It's, that's a really hard one for a lot of people, and truth is tough to hear. And I don't know that everybody wants to hear it, but for the people that are closest to you in your life, it's okay to say, "I, I need, I need this," or "This is how I feel when you do this." And but to do it with respect and love, and and that's how we grow together. And so this book was born out of a a desire to sort of communicate all of those things about not forgetting to laugh and taking care of yourself, you know, making sure that you, you believe that you're worthy, worthy of, of taking care of the body that you were given and your health and your skin and, and not forgetting to, to love your kids, you know, as time flies and, mm-hmm. and living into your dreams. If you want to try something, figure out where to get the support to do that and, and try and, if there's tragedy in your life, there are people who will help you, as Tom indicated earlier. Uh, you just have to be uh, courageous enough to ask and say, here's where I am. And so the book, the book is around um, how we're all, all unique and we all have needs and that's okay. And um, making sure that we honor who we are in this life and that that might look different tomorrow than it did yesterday. And that's okay. Uh, But that beauty is really uh, what we define it to be. It's, it's courage and it's loving well and it's vulnerability and it's being a safe place for others and it's confidence and humility and it's taking care of ourselves without apology. Um, All of those things. So the book I made available on my, my website uh, for subscribers. So anytime I get a subscriber or someone subscribes, the book comes in a link, a downloadable link. It's about a 40-page ebook, And uh, I update it every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. But walks through some of those truths, some beauty, beauty industry, sort of health industry um, myths. It makes me mental um, when I, I see online... Uh, claims that are being made and sold to people that are just completely false that do nothing but make us feel inadequate that that makes me crazy so i i walk through some of those myths and uh yeah that's basically what the book is about you know cool i get subscribed 
Wonderful. I'm in the process of updating it, actually. I was really hoping to send you guys a hard copy of the updated version because <clears throat> a few things have changed. But that will be up- uploaded in the next two days because it's just about done. And it is even prettier than the other book. And it's uh, mm. much more relevant. The, the the book that I did, I haven't done a, a new uh, new version of it in about two years. So while a lot of it is still the same, there's some nice updated updated uh, pages and, and articles mm-hmm. and... Uh, insights because i think that uh yeah the world is changing under our feet so well life uh life um life uh unfortunately or fortunately is a work in progress and sometimes people forget you know they they kind of set themselves in one paradigm and they they walk through life like nothing else is going to change and and i mean we you know, you, you see that in business every day, you know, on the, and you, you know, so we, you know, our challenges, of course, is to educate, and you, uh, you appear to have taken that on, uh, with flying colors, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, kudos to you, actually, for stepping up and actually being, uh, uh, the lady that you are, and, uh, showing the rest of, uh, uh, the audience, uh, what can be done with, uh, a little effort, in some mindfulness about just exactly what it is that uh, makes you tick. It's it's fantastic to hear your story. Oh, thank you so much. We it's, you, you've got, we've got one crack at it, right? We yeah. <laughs> it, we all deserve to feel we all deserve to feel like we're more than enough and like you know happy and fulfilled and and like we're growing and like we matter. We all deserve that, you know. And it's not always yeah. easy, but it's worth always worth the effort, you know. Always worth the absolutely. Effort. Absolutely. Tom, wow. I guess uh, it looks like we probably are coming up to the end of, uh, yeah, end of the yeah. session. Perhaps uh, I'll, uh, I, I, I feel like I've hogged most of it, actually, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I apologize for that. And uh, I just like hearing, definitely like hearing uh, uh, from Kate on all kinds of things. And I, quite frankly, I think this conversation could go on for hours, Kate, because uh, <laughs> everything you talk about is interesting, it's intriguing, it's real. It's in your face. It's what we live every day. So uh, thank you for sharing uh, as much as you did uh, this morning. Maybe, maybe we need part two, Tom. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think we need part two because I have a bunch of other questions like how did you get into being paid to write because I want to do that. So, yeah, we're going to need a part two someday. But, uh, and, we, again, I did this. I keep doing this. I never referred back to your website, so people need to know more about Kate, and they can do it at katemore.ca, and Kate is with a C, C-A-T-E-M-O-O-R-E.ca. You can subscribe to her blog. I just learned on there this morning that she interviewed Seth Godin. Oh, my God. Jealous. And, yeah, uh, no, you know what? Very I cool seen, stuff. Yeah, I just found him online, and we just started talking a little bit. He's he's a he's a wonderful human being, but I am uh, very very grateful for part one. So thank you guys for having me on. It was so much fun. I as I oh, knew it well, would be. Thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate it. Kate, thanks very much, and looking forward to part two. Take care and have yourself a great day. (laughs) You too, guys. Talk soon. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Bye-bye.